because uh, my computer's not. Uh, Game over, yeah! <laughs> uh, well, that's an inappropriate way to start. Hey, everybody, welcome to Enter the Critic. Uh, a weekly movie podcast where each week we talk about movies both in theaters and on Netflix. Uh, this week we are discussing Pacific the Rim. <laughs> <laughs> Still talking about Pacific Rim. Uh, no, we are talking about Elysium. We are fresh from Elysium. Uh, we're also going to be discussing some news and some trailers. Uh, my name is Chris Plump. With me for the first time ever is a special guest. Parker. <laughs> That's right. Thanks Parker. for having me. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Eric Terribio from Eric and Sarah's Magical Fun Cast. Hello. Also, more importantly, you might know him from the guy that is the head of the entire podcast <laughs> network. That's right. Oh. Yes, I do own the entire Eric Terribio <laughs> podcast network. What? Oh, uh, it's it's. So we will be running this show my way. Right <laughs> I was about to say, does that make you my boss <laughs> in this non-profit venture <laughs> where no money is exchanging hands? <laughs> exactly. Yes. We will but review the movies <laughs> I want to review on my turn. We will be reviewing Elysium. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, stick to the scripts <laughs> that I provided. <laughs> Oh boy! Okay, Elysium okay. uh, uh, was bad and <laughs> shit. <laughs> I disagree. Actually, oh, I think it was really good. You're great. Okay. Well, <laughs> before we get into all that, uh, let's get into some news here. The headline: uh, Due to the failure of Lone Ranger, Jerry Bruckheimer uh, may be losing. Um, final cut on the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. What? Interesting. Uh, and if my, what? Com- <laughs> if my what? computer wasn't <laughs> dying here, I could say something about that. But yeah, as, as you probably heard, we, we didn't review it, but the uh, the Lone Ranger has tanked. Yeah. Uh, and has done uh, very, very poorly. Uh, and they're estimating. If I'm reading this correctly, they're estimating losses of around 125 to 140 million dollars, uh, and so basically Disney's not happy. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a bit of that's money. A, that's a bit of money. So it's have you heard the producers' comments on the matter? I have not. No, please. They, in. they are blaming the movie critics for I'm the failure of the that. movie because. <laughs> they think that it's unfair that they were giving the movie a bad review before it even came out, oh. based solely on the production problems it was having. Oh, uh, okay. Which, okay. if you go to any review site, the critics have watched the movie right. and don't like it based on everything that they've seen <laughs> in the movie. Right. So, I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, I... I right. <laughs> they don't. They don't go... Man, that was amazing, but because of production, two thumbs down. <laughs> two thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a bunch of crap because uh, if I remember correctly, the first Iron Man movie was plagued with problems uh, during production and yet knocked it out of the park with the critics. Mm-hmm. Um, 
know, it probably was a failure at the box office because it probably wasn't a very good film. Now, I have yeah. not seen The Lone Ranger. Have either of you seen The Lone Ranger? I have not. All right, so we can't go into too much detail beyond the fact that apparently the world saw it <laughs> and did not like it. Well, the world didn't see it. Right. That's the problem. Some of the world saw it and didn't like <laughs> and it. And talked to the rest of the world and said, not a chance. So, all right, well, moving on, because I don't really care about Jerry Bruckheimer that much. <laughs> all right, so, Expendables 3 news, because, damn, do I love me some Expendables 3. Uh, it's the new Star Trek. <laughs> it's the new Star Trek, that's right. Not Well, not really, I really. Um, so, uh, it looks like Bruce Willis has dropped out of the production. Um, however, Harrison Ford has joined on. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I honestly... You think good? Bad? I'm I'm loving this uh, idea. Mm-hmm. At this point, it just looks like Harrison Ford can do no wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, he has... Uh, he was in 42. Um... And he is in the upcoming uh, Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the new uh, Star Wars franchise, he's, he's signed on to that. So why not? Why not throw him into uh, Expendables 3? Also, I mean, he isn't a traditional action star in my mind, but... Raiders of the Lost Ark is one really good action film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's done enough non-action that it kind of diversifies. I mean, because, like, I feel like any actor who is in the, who can be known <laughs> as Indiana Jones, like, I have to be an action star. Right. But he's done so many <laughs> other things. I mean, in the 80s he did, um, of course, you have stuff like uh, uh, Air Force One uh, yeah. and The Fugitive, um, but... In the 90s, we didn't really see him that much. <laughs> then you have movies like Morning Glory, where he plays a <laughs> morning show talk show host. Right. <laughs> You're like, what? So, yeah, he, he's definitely diversified himself. So, I mean, I can't I can't really picture him being next to Stallone and... <laughs> and uh, um, I mean, I guess it, Expendables 3 seems to be about exaggerating the caricatures that these guys portrayed in the 80s. Right. So, like, taking the archetype that they portrayed and then putting them, like, in an exaggerated way. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that he's going to be, like, a Indiana Jones slash Han Solo, then exaggerated? Like, like like a crazy smuggler archaeologist? But how do you... How do you you exaggerate (laughs) Indiana Jones? How do you exaggerate nuking the fridge? Like, how do you exaggerate him (laughs) hiding in a refrigerator during a nuclear blast? How do you exaggerate that? As it's flying through space. (laughs) It floats... No, he hides in a refrigerator in the Death Star as it explodes. (laughs) And then he's floating through space in a refrigerator. Yeah, like he hides in the garbage, right? And then there's a nuke. Like, what? Like, I don't see how they could... How he would match in unless he's just going to be like... Like, uh, like who was the? Wasn't one of the guys that was in it just kind of like a, an administrator, like Bruce Willis? Yeah, sort Bruce of, Willis. In the like first that. one, he didn't really do much. In the second right. one, he did a lot more. Yeah. But no, there. The one thing with the, uh, I guess we can call it a franchise now, the Expendables <laughs> franchise, um, is yeah, just jam packing with big big name stars, but mm-hmm. not necessarily having them in a combat role. I mean, Mickey Rourke was in the first one, and he didn't right, pick up a yeah. gun. Um, so who knows? 
So who? Kn- yeah, I mean, it's I have no idea. It's pretty much just like a collection. Like mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone is collecting action stars and putting them into the movies. Also, the fact that Harrison Ford is seventy-one years old. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be doing much. In um, <laughs> however, uh, and he is still open to the idea of doing Indiana Jones Five. Mm. Jeez, which I think he's the only one who is open to doing an Indiana Jones Five. Yeah, because um, I know that Spielberg has gone on record and saying never again. Um, yeah, I mean after the last one did so well, and and he completely blames George Lucas for all the yeah. problems. Well, I would too. <laughs> if you have a dude like George Lucas around, just throw the blame at him. Everybody will believe you. Like even if it was your fault, you'd be like. George Lucas did it. They'd be like, "Oh, okay." And, and it's not sense. like yeah. it's not like anything that Spielberg's going to say is going to hurt Lucas at this point. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he has so <laughs> much money. <laughs> He's going to be like, "Oh, they're both like just sitting around with piles of money, just waving, throwing money, yeah. money, money fight." <laughs> so no, I if I if George Lucas was one of my long term friends, I would to- I'd blame him for everything. <laughs> My wife would be like, who didn't do the dishes? Uh, George, It was George's fault. George, yeah. George Lucas. I he tried. wanted to just buy new dishes. Yeah, he, he wanted to do a pre-prequel. Oh, okay. <laughs> he wanted to buy the old versions of the dishes. And then digitally and then remaster lose, and, then, and then lose the originals. <laughs> lose or destroy the originals. <laughs> so, but no, I'm actually excited for the idea of Harrison Ford coming to... Uh, the Expendables franchise, mm-hmm. because why not? At this point, yeah. who throw cares? them all in there. Yeah. <laughs> Just got to wait for Steven Seagal. Yeah, <laughs> get back to his fighting weight. <laughs> was he offered <laughs> at some point? He he was and turned it down. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about this, but he's turned it down twice. Hmm. Um, yeah, probably because they're going to make a fool of him. I mean, have you seen him on that like <laughs> Steven Seagal Lawman? He's Whoa. like Whoa. can't even get out of the car. They, they he agreed. He agreed to be in Machete. Which they made lots of jokes at his expense yeah. in Machete. Wait, so, I feel like he. Yes, yes, he was. I don't he remember was the, him. He was the. It, he's easily forgotten. No, he's the main <laughs> bad guy. Really? In Machete. Yeah, he's like the main huh. uh, think, drug dealer. I feel in like Machete. I feel like he is releasing this stuff to the press that he turned down Expendables. <laughs> like I feel like he's at his house and then like he just picks up the phone and it hadn't rung yet. And he's just like, no, I won't do Expendables. <laughs> and then he just webcams it and sends it to TMZ. Oh, they just called me. Did you hear that? Did you overhear that conversation? Stallone's like at home going, I, I didn't, didn't call him at all. Did, did you? you? Did you? Did you? He he's talking to producers like, do you know? I don't know where he's getting <laughs> Who said? Why is he saying no? And then we it's don't... really awkward at A-list parties where he's like, oh, there's Stallone. Oh, boy. Yeah, when, when Steven Seagal's at the A-list parties. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he found a time machine. <laughs> So, all right, moving on, one last uh, bit of news here. So, apparently, there is a rumor that either Mark Strong or Brian Cranston will be Lex Luthor. <gasps> Eric's oh. so excited. I am very excited. Because Eric, Don't feel, Eric, feel free. Well, <laughs> Eric hates Superman. Let's just get it out I, there. Like, honestly, I've tried get off so hard to like Superman and... Have you tried? How hard have you actually tried? I mean, I've watched several of the movies. Wait, 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 wait. Let's be clear here because even I'm lost. Because we don't talk about this. You do not like Superman? He's boring. I find... Thank God! Yeah, I find Superman to be very boring and not interesting. And I don't know. I... 
I've tried like the f- the original few movies from uh, Richard Donner, and then then how do you like Thor? Like how do you like Thor? He's just as godlike. Yeah, but I mean, if that's your complaint, is that he's too powerful? That there's no no thing that's gonna happen because he's so powerful. Get over yourselves. Uh, Superman's a great guy. Let, uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's 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 go into yeah. why we hate <laughs> Superman. I hate Superman as okay. a character. Yeah. Uh, for reasons that have been, you know, talked about on this podcast before. But hey, I'm in charge. We'll talk <laughs> about it some more. <laughs> um, no. Now I, I know very little about Lex Luthor beyond the, um. Justice League cartoon from the, er, I guess early two thousand. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's that is a good cartoon. It, it is a very good cartoon. As is the yeah. Superman, the animated series. That I also I also did get into that. Um, so, but just looking at their two pictures, of course, we, we all know Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Total Recall, because <laughs> why not? <laughs> And um, Jerry Seinfeld's dentist. Yep. <laughs> uh, and of I course, totally knew him back then. Oh, me too. I was yeah, like, well, dude, you see that I'm guy? I love him. Oh, huge fan. Yeah. Huge fan. <laughs> oh, and of course, Malcolm uh, in the middle, which we all looked at that guy and said, yeah, he's going to make it. He's going to be a major star. <laughs> I just looked at him and said, he really likes to be in his underwear all the time. <laughs> all the time. Just constantly. And he never stopped. Never, um, never stopped. And, of course, Mark Strong is in such great films as Kick-Ass and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Um, and the uh, first Sherlock Holmes movie. Hmm. So... I don't know. I'm just looking at their pictures. They, you know, they, they, the, the website I'm looking at this as the, they're both their pictures in the middle, a cartoon <laughs> image of Lex Luthor, hmm. and I don't know. I, I've not read a lot of the comics, so I, I can't make a huge call on this, but I know that I'd rather see Brian Cranston because yeah. I really like Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen Brian Cranston in anything, and I didn't like him. Right. You know. Right. Like I've obviously I'm sure he's been in certain things that uh like the movies themselves weren't good. Total recall. But <laughs> well yeah, he's always phenomenal. But he's always great in it, yeah. yes. So uh but uh, oddly enough I can say the same thing about Mark Strong, even though I, I mean I've only seen him in those movies that I listed. Mm-hmm. Um but even in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which is a boring movie, a good movie, but it's incredibly slow. <laughs> um, he is really good in it, so mm-hmm. it's you know it's it, it's hard to say. But all right, well, wait, I have two more news. Oh, oh, snap! Hit me. One is um, <clears throat> Ang Lee will be directing a 3D film that spans the golden age of boxing, hmm. 60s and 70s. Really. Boxing, including the iconic Thrilla in Manila, where Ooh. Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier, and apparently he's doing this whole, like a whole epic journey of boxing, and like he's gonna re, like, ma- like recreate these entire famous boxing matches. All like in 3D, probably like spinning huh. around the ring really? and all sorts of stuff. I don't huh. know with necessarily with actors or it's gonna be a lot of 3D animation or what, but um. If it's anything similar to the effects that were in that Life of Pi movie, it's going to look yeah. very, very yeah. amazing. It's going to look really amazing. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah that, that seems really exciting. Cool. 
And then the other thing that I'm super excited about is that Chicken Soup for the Soul books are heading to the big screen. Oh, my God. What? I don't know in what way. But wow! <laughs> wow! Chicken Soup for the Soul. Just, just now, I, I don't know. I mean, you guys heard that. What to expect when you're expecting was that movie? It was like a, it was like just like a bunch of young actors like with babies, just like kind of gross out comedy, mm. but also like whatever. And it was apparently did okay amongst that. Mm-hmm. Group of people, right. Which is that book that everyone reads when they're pregnant. Right. So th- I think because of the success of that, they're like, "Hey, we could base a movie on just like a random book of facts." <laughs> just when I think Hollywood has <laughs> scraped the bottom of the barrel, they they <laughs> scrape a little deeper. <laughs> well, uh, they they have so many spinoffs too, you know, because there's like Chicken Soup for the Teenage right. Soul. <laughs> Like everything, <laughs> how there's many? There's, yeah, books. there's so many of oh, those. Yeah, absolutely. But it is from uh, Alcon Entertainment, which is the 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 maker of Blindside. So, like, I mean, they have a reputation of making okay movies, <laughs> Oscar award winning movies. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I I don't know how that reputation is going to stay. <laughs> yeah. when they make chicken soup. They're really rolling the dice on this one. Holy crap! Uh. Yeah. Uh, okay. It said, it said uh, the CEO of the book series, who like is just happy that anyone's paying attention <laughs> to him, says our fans and readers trust us as their source for positive and moving stories, and they're hungry for more. <laughs> it would be a disservice n- to to them not to bring Chicken Soup oh for the Soul to life in film. It would be a disservice to the tens of readers. <laughs> yeah, the literally tens of readers. That, uh, but like, there's probably a lot of reasons. But the problem is, I don't know that they like go out to see a movie. They sit at yeah. home and read the calendar. They're <laughs> for the soul calendar. What is it today? Smile. Everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful quote. Oh, God. No. That's going to be so ridiculous. Why? So uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, now the the chicken soup books are just like you said, like a collection right. of it's like uplifting, like, uplifting stories. stories. Like some of them, some of them are like a, a short tale about like oh, th- this girl, little brother at, was ill, and then the little girl was like, I'll give him my heart so he'll be better, and you're like, oh, she didn't understand. Like, <laughs> Like, wow, just, like, nonsense stories. It sounds that, remarkably like, depressing. <laughs> it's just, like, stories that you're supposed to make you go, oh, the world's great. Oh, everybody's great. <laughs> and they think this is going to do well in modern cinema? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, Maybe I th- if they slap th- this puppy on, like, I don't know, like the Hallmark Channel, we might be okay. Oh, uh, maybe Lifetime, but or, I don't see. Or this. maybe if they started doing short films in front of like <laughs> those like heartwarming story movies. But here's the thing, I, I I don't I didn't I guess I didn't mention Christopher Nolan is signed on. So oh, okay, <laughs> I'm in. I'm He's in. making them super dark, too. <laughs> so gritty. <laughs> so be gritty. super gritty. But I like. I just I'm, amazingly realistic. I think it's reached a point where. Certain directors, if they were tacked onto a project this ridiculous, <laughs> I might go. I think I'm going to go see. Yeah, it. if you told yeah. me, I'm going to go see yeah. it. Midnight. If you told me, if you told me Oliver Stone was going to direct one of the shorts, like, I'd be like, "All, all right, right fine, I'm I'll in. See it. I'm in. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll see this. Sure, why not? So anyway, J- just to see what it would do. <laughs> anyway, we can look forward to that. That'll be yeah. exciting. Yeah. Well, you can look forward well, to that. Hopefully, to it. it's in 3D too. Oh. <laughs> 3D IMAX. I want to see that chicken soup way in front of my soul. 
Uh, well, we probably won't be reviewing that unless I get <laughs> unless suddenly this podcast gets picked up by a company who's willing to pay me to go see yeah. it. So, well, um, hey, if I ever actually make enough money to pay you, <laughs> that's right, that's right. If I'm you... keeping it for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, I can pay them, or I could just I could keep ju- or I could just not pay them, and they'll still do this stuff. <laughs> so, all right, moving on. Uh, let's let's get to some trailer talk here. So this week we saw two trailers. Uh, the first one was more of a teaser uh, for X Men: Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. So, you're, what is the next one going to be? <laughs> Days of the past, future, Days. future of the past. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm assuming that we all have at least read or have some working knowledge of the storyline to Days of Future Past. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, my knowledge of it is, of course, through the uh, '90s cartoon <laughs> from Fox <laughs> yeah. Kids, which is. Actually, pretty accurate to the yeah. source material, from what I remember, uh, or from what I heard, rather. Yeah, uh, my my uh, knowledge of the source material is uh, from the '90s video game, the four-player video game. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's nice. the only bit of <laughs> X Men that I know. Ooh, no, I'm just ooh, kidding. Okay, that's gonna be bad. So, um, the teaser is actually pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts out more like what well, it is. It it looks like a. Um, I guess a commercial, mm-hmm. you would you or or like a promotional video that a company would have, and it showcases what I'm assuming is going to be the Sentinels because mm-hmm. in all the X Men movies we have not seen anything even remotely like a Sentinel. Yeah. Um. But now the the one thing I didn't get was the the company name that flashed up at the end of the trailer is that something that's in the comics or trask you... industries yeah yeah that's the company that makes the sentinels okay yeah. okay um so now my question is or my, my fear is that they are biting off way more than they can <laughs> chew making this movie um similar to like when they tried to tackle the phoenix saga in x-men 3 <laughs> and Failed miserably. You see, with that movie, it was directed by Brett Ratner. Yeah. Not Brian Singer. <laughs> true. Very true. But still, I mean, the the from what I remember of Days of Future Past, they're going to have to introduce uh, Cable. They're going to have to introduce Bishop. They're going to well, have to introduce... Bishop is supposedly cast... In the movie, right? So, but I mean, they're gonna have to like bring like that's a lot of storyline right there. If you see the cast list, they are going to be introducing at least like I don't know five to ten new characters. Damn. Yeah, and 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 again, that I'm I'm worried about that because that's a lot of characters. (laughs) They're gonna have to do new characters to this to well yeah to this the movie series or yeah, new characters the movie to the series. universe yeah, yeah. like just creating just, new yeah. intellectual properties like <laughs> we don't have enough mutants we're gonna create more like oh, what yeah <laughs> um they're gonna have to if I'm not mistaken apocalypse is mm. gonna have to be introduced which I don't know who they're gonna get to play him 
Ron Perlman. Uh, Ron Perlman. <laughs> People will be so confused. They'll be like, oh, wait, that's the guy from the end of Avengers. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's a different guy. <laughs> what? Especially, yeah, because everybody thought it was Hellboy at the end of Avengers, <laughs> which confused the hell out of me. But, uh, no, I, I mean, if I'm going to fan cast this thing, I'm going to want um, Bishop played by... Uh, it, well, who like who is is, is do, do do we know off? I am not sure. I don't remember recognizing the name. So it's not actor. Idris Elba, which is upsetting because no. I would really like him to be uh, Bishop. That, yeah, um, <laughs> that would be a good choice. Um, so but yeah, I mean we're gonna have to introduce a lot of characters. It's gonna be a very confusing storyline just mm-hmm. from the fact that like they're gonna have to introduce who the Friends of Humanity are. Um, yeah, they're going to have to introduce the Friends of Humanity. They're going to have to kind of get the, the, like the whole time travel thing. Yeah. Is Forge going to be there? Because I remember Forge being there in the uh. cartoon. <laughs> um, and, you know, is Forge going to be played by Lou Diamond Phillips? Because he's voiced <laughs> him in the car. He voiced him in the in the uh, video games. So. I guess I, <clears throat> I didn't. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of this guy. This Omar Sy. Apparently, he is, I guess, maybe French. There's a lot of movies here that are the actual titles are in French. Oh, okay. And TV series. So I guess he's. So he's relatively France. unknown, which yeah, is probably the smart way to go on that. So Yeah. But the teaser doesn't, as, as any teaser would, it doesn't really give away much beyond right. Sentinels, which is kind of enough for me because yeah. I really <laughs> like the idea of Sentinels. Yep, I'm ready for them. Yes. And Peter Dinklage. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh man, that picture, awesome. that one picture they've released of him <laughs> just strutting along with <laughs> 70s getup is amazing. That's, that's, really that's so good. Yeah, that's just great. So look forward to that. Um, and we also saw a new trailer just came out for Thor, The Dark World. All right, here's the uh, synopsis. When Jane Foster is targeted by the denizens of the dark world of... Good luck with that one. Svartalfheim. (laughs) Thor sets out on a quest to protect her at all costs. Ah, right. Mm. This is bringing back pretty much the main cast of the first movie. We've got Mm -hmm. Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Idris Elba, Tom Hiddleston, uh, Kat Dennings, Ray Stevenson, Anthony Hopkins, and blah, blah, blah. Idris Elba looking to have a larger role. Skarsgård. Still looking to have an even larger role, which is exciting. Oh, well, yeah. really exciting! <laughs> he this... was just barely in it. I mean, he did a, an, a he did a, a critical part. Right, right. Yeah. You're like, oh, is but that? Like, I didn't they... even realize it was Idris Elba <laughs> until I really like looked. Yeah, because like yeah. it was he was all done up in armor mm. and everything. You're like, but yeah, nah, that, yeah. That no, be... like five minutes that he was in the first You're movie like, yeah. was like probably my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um. From what I saw with the trailer, it looks like they learned their lesson with the first Thor movie, and they're spending most of this time in um, mm. Asgard, right. which is where I wanted the first movie to stay. <laughs> Absolutely. Because that, that whole look and feel was mm-hmm. just so good. Yeah. And so just it just really felt like a, like a whole universe. Mm. And then when they went to boring old Earth, I'm like, I don't care. I guess, like, I mean, I guess they probably didn't have a huge budget to work with with the right. first one. As, no, no. As not huge as, as they're going to have now. Right. It, you know, yeah. it did well enough, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it did pretty good. Um, 
One thing I'm not thrilled about, Natalie Portman better bring her A game because she yeah. totally phoned it in for the first one. It was bad. Well, now that these movies are making serious money, right. she's probably going to be like, oh, wait, maybe yeah. I should actually start doing something here. Yeah. I mean, because okay, if anyone was going to phone or would phone it in and I would be like, all right, you have the right to do so, it would be Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Because I never <laughs> thought I'd see him in a comic book film. Yeah. Um, True. Yeah, the fact that she was the one that phoned it in was just. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I I think that like, you know, a lot of people at that time that was like when everybody all those movies came out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so like, nice. I feel like everybody just signed on because they're like, oh, that's some easy money, and now they're like, <laughs> oh, if I play my cards right, I can play a, like a, a recurring serious character. Mm-hmm. And then make even more money. Right, so like, right. okay, maybe I'll try a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> you have like, when you have like uh, Iron Man coming out and it's like, oh yeah, uh, Pepper Potts is now a uh, superhero. So that's cool. She has superpowers. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then it's all really these, <laughs> all these bit parts like Natalie Portman. Like, Wait, I could end I up could, becoming I could be, a superhero? Yeah. I, I, all I right. I could be in my uh, own okay, movie. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that looks, uh, definitely looks interesting. I'm really glad that they are sticking with uh, staying in, in Asgard, as I said before, mm-hmm. and from what I understood, because I did a little bit of research in this, the main villain, villains, I mm-hmm. should say, are going to be, quote, dark elves. Yeah. But if you look really closely in one of the shots, it looks like one of the bad guys, or one of the things they're fighting is these guys in these masks. Mm-hmm. And there's a shot where Thor's ripping the mask off uh, whoever he's fighting. Mm-hmm. And... You just see kind of the back of his head and like a little, little bit of his face. Like you see his ear and a little side of his face. And I swear to God, it looks like a scrawl. Which, if they're going to start doing the scrawl invasion, again, I know very little about Thor comics. Mm. um, But the idea of them doing uh, a scrawl invasion seems pretty cool yeah <laughs> um, like with this movie yeah like, future movies uh no well specifically with this movie um because this is the dark elves right but i think they're going to be introducing the scrolls mm. as well yeah the i mean the only guy like malkith malkith the accursed mm. and the only dudes that he's really notably a ally, allied with yeah i don't know balder Angel. I don't know these people. So I know who Angel is, but that's okay. it. Yeah. Angel's an X Man, right? Becomes um, if I remember correctly, Angel <laughs> becomes Archangel during the Horseman of the Apocalypse. It might be somebody else because he doesn't have his own Wikipedia page. So oh, I never feel like mind. somebody that big would have his own. Yeah, yeah. It's probably like something from early Thor. Yeah. They're like this character's called Angel. Oh, and then they're gone and never to be heard from again. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm just I'm just pulling that whole scroll thing out from what I saw in the trailer. Yeah, that would I have be awesome. Nothing else. No, like, there's no actual yeah, information yeah. beyond the one dude looked like a scroll, and that'd be cool. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if the next Avengers movie is centering on what Ultron is, yeah. that what we heard? So yeah. that would just I mean that would be out of control if they're introducing <laughs> if they if they had a teaser for Thanos, their next Avengers movie is is Ultron. Ultron <laughs> and. Friggin' then they're like, oh, also scrolls are scrolls are out there too, <laughs> and it also could be. I that feel like that has to be a a, a Fantastic Four based, right? Yeah, because you know, the scroll was like, mainly against the Fantastic Four, uh, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but like I feel like I mean I feel like I mean it's it's a it's a Marvel Universe thing that, but I just feel like that 
since they don't have the Fantastic Four yet. Right, right. Like but then again, the scrolls again, if I'm not mistaken, the scrolls did interact with the uh, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 everything. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think, that were... was a, I think that was an all Marvel. Mm. Event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scroll, the scroll invasion. But yeah, they were mainly uh, Fantastic Four, hmm. which I, out of all of the comics I've read, I've read next to nothing on Fantastic Four. <laughs> again, yeah. all all I know from there is the. Marvel Power Hour cartoon from yep. 1998, maybe? <laughs> or actually, probably 96, so. Oh, man, I, man, I guess I'm wrong. I guess it's just because uh, in the new... in the the new Avengers have the thing in it. And yeah. Al- and also, at that at that moment in time, Mr. Fantastic was working with S.H.I.E.L.D., so, like... That just was happening during the Scroll Invasion. So it's oh, not really okay. a Fantastic Four base. But two of the main characters from Fantastic Four right, right, right. were involved in yeah. all the stuff. So, I mean, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, that it's definitely... I don't know which... I mean, they could go down so many routes. I, you know, I'm just yeah. curious where they're going to go. Because, I mean, like, are, you know, are they eventually going to build up to a Civil War? Like, I series? hope not. But <laughs> Maybe they're kind of, like, subtly laying out cards for that possibility... In case they get other franchises back, back yeah. yeah, you really need because Sp- I know they Spider-Man got for that. They because I, I know they got Daredevil back. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and there's did they get hope Punisher too. They, I believe they got the Punisher as well. It was like a package deal. <laughs> yeah, um, in that, exchange those... for letting Fox keep Fantastic Four. Uh, okay. But I don't see Fox doing anything with Fantastic Four. They've had well, two failed movies. They're trying a reboot. Of course, they're going to try. But... Yeah, I just, I just feel like I just feel like if they if they see how much money's being made, like just just offer an exorbitant amount, like to be like, hey, take Fantastic Four for this crazy amount of money, and they probably and they probably will it. because they're like, okay, we'll probably make it back. But at this point, it's probably some executive who has a personal grudge against another executive. Um, I recently I started reading or I finished reading a, a, a book on like the history of, of new Hollywood in the 70s. And one of the things that shocks me is how many blockbuster deals were shut down just because some dude was pissed at some other dude <laughs> for no reason. Mm. And they're like, nope, we're not going to let you have this. Man. <laughs> so that's probably what it is, and I'm really annoyed by that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, moving on from that, let's get to the main, the main course, if you will. <laughs> we have literally just gotten back from seeing Elysium. This is even yep. faster than Pacific. Rim. Yep, yep. <laughs> so. we, it is. It is one o'clock in the morning, and That's we just right. saw the movie at ten o'clock. All right. Well, hit me with that synopsis here. Set in the year twenty one fifty four. Where the hell did that come from? Hey, I'm everybody! Hey, everybody! This is. Um, oh, I, I just want to say before, your morning DJ. Since we're, since I think it's fitting that Eric's here because Eric has been a number of times on Zach Zimmerman's right after reviews, yes. which is driving home in the car. They shoot a video yeah. of them At, oh. like immediately after you get in the car from the uh, theater. He like, like sets up a camera, up and, camera they, and, and yeah. review it on the way. Really? Eric, Eric was on uh, some of the early ones, yeah. a lot of the early ones. And now like. We haven't but, been able to meet right. up again, so right, right. yeah, like uh, so. So I think it's fitting that Eric's here for this, no, good. our own version of a right after <laughs> review. Good, good. Okay, so Elysium. 
set in the year 2154, where the very wealthy live on a man-made space station while the rest of the population resides on a ruined Earth. A man takes on a mission that could bring equality to the polarized worlds. Uh, this movie stars Matt Damon and Jodie Foster and is written and directed by Neil Blomkamp. Yeah! yeah. Dude, um, that guy can really build some worlds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. District 9 and now this, it's like, what? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, why don't we just, just let's just get into it. Uh, Eric, what did you think of Elysium? I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, definitely a great follow-up to District 9. And he, uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, he is very good at somehow creating both a dystopian and utopian future in the exact same movie. Yes, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting way to, to you know accomplish that uh, uh. in this film. So yes, yeah, so so different, like yeah. so <laughs> so polarized. I mean, it's like horrible it's on like earth. mad max yeah. on earth yeah much. and then it's just like th- it's just amazing like when yeah. they show any shot of like elysium you're like wow yeah exactly. i so want to live there <laughs> um i i also thought elysium was fantastic there were some things that kind of bothered me a little bit but mm-hmm. ultimately when i break it down it's just going to be nitpicking uh so let's just let, let me just go start off with what i liked about this film um, first off, Neil Blomkamp, like like you said, can just world build and is just so good at it. Um, I really felt like not only was this a possibility <laughs> in the yeah. future, like he really yeah. does that real well. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, he did the same thing with District Nine, where he has a movie that's about such an insanely science fiction concept, and like has science fiction elements that are well beyond. But then at the same time. He shows a world where you're like, where not even this is like, oh, this could happen. It's like, there are parts of the world where this is what it's like, like already. all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, this is already happening. Like, and and one of the things that I love about uh, Blomkamp's work is he always takes something, like like you said, it's, it, it's always this otherworldly concept, but then it really drives it into reality of like, mm-hmm. with District 9, it was... Yeah, if aliens showed up on this planet in that fashion, this is probably what would happen. Oh, like, this is exactly what we would do. Yeah. Absolutely. And the same thing with Elysium. It really it really does the whole us versus them mentality that uh, is going on in a lot of the areas of the world. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I did like that. One thing I did like, though, is it felt that he dialed back a little bit from District 9. Cause District 9 was really heavy mm-hmm. material to yeah. deal with. Whereas this is equally heavy, but it's not as ham-fisted with right. uh, his message, which I think is is good. Um, right, yeah, definitely. Because it makes mean, the movie more be, entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. And it'd be a- approachable. I mean, like, you can't make a summer blockbuster <laughs> and expect right. it to do right. any well if you're if you're going to make it, like, at, like, as heavy as District 9. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I thought Matt Damon's performance was phenomenal. He's mm-hmm. constantly, in, like, changing my mind <laughs> like I, I when I didn't like him at first you know like I mean Goodwill Hunting I was like I'm really happy that these two dudes that are unknown made this and, and it happened but like as time went on I'm like I don't really like him 
You know, just like they just, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Right, but right. Now, but like everything he does, I'm like, okay, never mind. Okay, no, okay <laughs> all right. I guess I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's good. I, uh, I, I kept chuckling because every time he came up on screen, I could not help but think about. Uh, the Matt Damon uh, marionette in right. Team America, <laughs> and I was like, "How, how wrong they were!" Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you know, you know the story about that. Yeah, yeah. How they like the, left it. it. It was just happenstance. Yeah, the puppet just got overcooked, and so it looked <laughs> deformed. And then rather than build another one, they're like, "Just keep just it. We'll keep just, it that way. We'll just make him say that he wasn't even supposed to. Do it. He was supposed to have <laughs> yeah. lines and be a normal character. <laughs> and then they were like, "Look at that puppet! They're like, let's just make him say yeah, it. let's his just make him say it over and over, and over <laughs> again. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, now Jodie Foster makes a she does an amazing job mm-hmm. as as I've come to expect from you know from her. Uh, as an actress, but her accent—it was—I was, it was wasn't weird. quite sure what it was. It was, it was different. Yeah, it almost at times seemed like dubbed half yeah. the time. Yeah, because it was so weird and jarring from yeah. what you know she sounds like. Yeah, like one second I was like, she's clearly an American, but then she starts speaking French to people. Right, I'm like, okay, well, so she knows French, and then she starts kind of going into a British accent. Half, kind of, maybe, kind of, yeah. yeah. It, was it was weird. R- it's real d- different. Yeah, and that brings. But I mean, me... I guess it's the idea that it, like, in the far twenty second century, like everything is mixed. Right. Yeah, like that's true. there is like one nationality. Mm-hmm. There's many different like uh, shades of people. You know, like yeah. different yeah. skin colors. But everybody's pretty much everybody knows how to speak. Right. That was a small Spanish. detail that I really liked. Is that. Yeah. Everybody knew how to speak Spanish, right? Yeah. Because, because eventually, that's, what would <laughs> uh, that's what's that's what's happening now, right? Uh, I mean, I've seen other like cyberpunk futures w- where they do it's Chinese, Chinese because yeah. that's mm-hmm. the you know the other option of like just yeah. being the na- national the, the yeah. world language because it's just like so many people that speak it, right? But you know, I mean, I, you know, but it, I, I mean, if they were trying to go for that, like some of the rich people would have weird conglomerate <laughs> accents. Yeah. Just was weird because they didn't explain any of that. So then yeah. just to have her kind do of it. Out like, of nowhere. What? Um, so that brings me to the first kind of gripe was some of the accents I found a little jarring and hard mm-hmm. to follow specifically. And I can never pronounce this guy's name. The, the guy who plays Kruger. Uh, oh yeah. Him for sure. But, uh, I was gonna say Spider too. Spider was really yeah. difficult. There was, there, yeah. <laughs> he was like always yelling, and yeah. it's like, what? Sp- Spider is if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, and I, you know, you should. Um, Spider plays, or <laughs> Sp- Sp- the character Spider is, um, he's like a hacker. Mm-hmm. He's like that, like the leader of like an underground right, kind right. of thing, where he's like, but his involved ac- in a lot of his stuff. accent is so hard to understand. Yeah. And at one point, he's explaining really important details <laughs> yeah. to Matt Damon, and I'm sitting there going, "Wait, I missed half of that, and yeah. I'm really paying attention. I have no idea what he just said." Um, and the guy who played Kruger, Charlto Copley, Charlto Copley, yeah. He was in District Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, played the main character of that. He also played uh, Murdoch in. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, and he was uh, so the good. So I good. I mean, that movie Murdoch. was whatever. I mean, it was fine. It was good and bad. It, it was whatever. a forgettable but action. He was film. amazing in it. He was. <laughs> so he was good. really good in it. Yeah. He was really funny. He was a perfect Murdoch. Um, and so this movie, like, I don't know why this guy isn't acting more. Yeah. He has played in the three movies that I've seen him, and he has played dramatically different characters. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's definitely like the next Gary Oldman, I think. Yeah, I, I, I would agree like with you. Every on that. movie you see him in, he looks and acts completely different and is completely believable. Yep. When they first show him on screen, he's got a huge beard and he's mm. all scarred up, and I'm like, is that the? No. <laughs> no. And then he starts talking, and I'm like, no. <laughs> that can't. No. And the more I go into it, I'm like, you know what? That is him. But I just don't want to believe that it's I, him. Yeah, it's super, super true. <laughs> um, and and what what um uh, friend of the show, uh, Jordan from Ninjas vs. Podcast, was sitting next to me, and after the movie, and he was the best part of this movie <laughs> because of how like just evil he was, yeah. and he he's is so, so evil. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you're exactly right that he's going to be the next Oldman from a character standpoint, but mm-hmm. also from an amazing villain player standpoint. Right? Yeah, like. Some of the best villains of all time have been portrayed by Gary Oldman, and oh, I feel yeah. like this guy is yeah. on his way to doing yeah. both of those things because this guy was so villainous. Yeah, yeah. he was. Really... He was just out off the rails. Like you were like, it's I... so rare that I see a villain where I think, I wonder if the the actor had a hard time oh, with yeah. this because yeah. he does some really, <laughs> really hard. Like, and I'd, I'd imagine yeah. later he'd be like, "I'm going to be in my trailer. Nobody talk yeah. to me." Exactly. I got to deal with this crap. Like, I imagine like just having to apologize to the actress in the scenes that he's yeah. like, to, "You're like, I'm so sorry." Especially because so the one is like she cannot be older than what, what, eleven, ten? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's he's, so terrifying. It's like, yeah, I, I never. I mean, like, just a side note. Like, I never understand with these child actors. Like, they are experiencing these things. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a movie, but they're in a place where people are saying these horrible things yeah. near them. Like. They're hearing it <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess they're explain. you know, like, I guess they're old enough to know the difference. I, you know what, dictionary. though? That depends on which director. Uh, nothing made me have more question for child actors uh, more than when I heard how Spielberg got the performance um, from Drew Barrymore in E.T., where he convinced her. <laughs> That E.T. was real. Oh, my God. And that E.T. was her friend. <laughs> and then in the scene where they kill E.T., she loses her mind because oh, she wow. actually believes that he is killing her, her friend. Oh, my God. And that's when I thought, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's so crazy. I mean, it's just it's just, like... So I'm Scary. sure I'm sure some directors explain this stuff to their child <laughs> actors. I know for a fact that others don't. <laughs> so um, so yeah, that that was one of my gripes was the what 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 was the uh, accents. But uh, to make up for that, the special effects are phenomenal. Yeah. I don't know how he did it on the budget that he had. I mean, yeah, it he... looks better than any. <laughs> Giant what was movie. the budget yeah. of this film? It wasn't as high as you're going to think. And even in District 9, the special effects were oh, top the... notch. And that, he even had a much smaller budget. Oh, yeah. That he had, he had I I think he had under $50 million for oh, that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and, and the special effects were amazing. This, the special effects were so good mm. that I could not tell where... The computer animation mm-hmm. stopped, yeah. and the yeah, practical that, effects started. Yeah. All the there's like an entire force of like robot military mm. police type things, and I'm like, are they real? Are they not? Yeah, yeah the whole Is that time. a dude in a suit? Is yeah. it? I can't tell. If if, if like, because I keep going back to um my com- 
my, my hatred of the special effects in the Transformers movies, <laughs> where they have all this money to hurl at CGI, and it just looks like just somebody took an engine and threw it into a blender, <laughs> and it's just this you know tornado of parts that don't make any sense. This movie, the robots all looked like, yeah, this is how robots are, like, robots kind of look like that today, that, that Honda robot that they yeah. have in Japan. Like, kind of looks like that. It can't <laughs> do what those robots can do, but still, like, that's the future of robotics is going that route, and they look so realistic that I would be shocked if they didn't actually build yeah. some of those robots. Yeah. The estimated uh, budget, $90 million. Which Nine, $90 million. Right. Ninety like million blockbusters these days are like over two hundred million. Yeah, easily twice that, and yeah, no, then don't usually don't look nearly as good yeah, oh as yeah, this movie no. looks. I mean, it looks like you're like I don't even know do where that? the budget for other movies go. Oh, when I know movies like this look so good, and I mean, I, like I said, I've I've only seen two. This being the second uh, uh, Neil Blomkamp films, but I mean, the, the the man knows how to spend money apparently because he spends it right. Um, Yep, absolutely. So, but one of an, uh, uh, an, another gripe that I had, which I heard uh, Parker, you comment about this uh, while we were leaving the 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 theater. Uh, that shaky cam, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was. I mean, it's you know yeah. he wants it to seem real, like or have that uh, feel of yeah. real. <laughs> but yeah, it's jarring, especially yeah, especially in IMAX. Uh, that like hurt my head the very first <laughs> shot where it was like super shaky like, and following what? matt damon the yeah. kid and yeah i was like oh my god now i understand in with especially with special effects the shaky cam helps hide a lot of the um digital effects right yeah it makes it easier for them to do it i i i always read that the the the, the Two hardest things with special effects are shoot it in you know fully lit mm-hmm. and shoot it still like lock the camera down because a lot of times they'll shoot at night or have rain um, and then shaky cam so I'd imagine maybe that's how he kept some of the budget as low as it was oh, yeah. as they could hide a lot of the effects with shaky cam so yeah that did get jarring after a while yeah. I feel like I feel like that is mostly from the fact that we were watching it at IMAX. Like, I think that possibly watching it at a regular screen or even just your your home screen right. might might really eliminate that kind of mm-hmm. what is happening. <laughs> like, that's uh, sometimes it's a little too much. But, yeah. now, but for everything else that wasn't Shaky Can, it was like, I needed this at IMAX. Exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want our listeners to be like, oh, then I'm going to see it in a regular... No. Pay yeah. the extra yeah. money for right. IMAX. Just look damn. away during the shaky parts yeah. because the rest of it looks amazing. So, all right. Well, you guys have any other any other thoughts? No, on? yeah, I I um I, I think that it's tough. It's hard to say because like, you know, we definitely are in a in a much more critical age when it comes to movies. Because I think back to like, you know, movies like Star Wars, where like. They don't explain a lot mm. in the beginning. They just throw you right into it. Right. Exactly. I feel like there was a there was a, a lot that you are just it's up to you to kind of figure it out as you go with yeah. this movie. It is like a roller coaster ride in the sense where you're like just going and you're not going right. to stop for anything. And like 
they just throw in if they have to explain something then there's like a quick two minute scene a few scenes earlier that explained it like quickly like everything about this movie is like we need to get as much information out there in a clever way because we want to have you know the the overarching story of matt damon Mm -hmm. and all the stuff like but we still need to world build and he kind of just you know crowbars it in everywhere and for the most part i think it works but it does get a little bit like quick you know it's like right. one scene one scene next scene next scene like it gets a little bit like okay there's a lot happening right now <laughs> but i don't know that that's a bad thing yeah. well think it's about tough. this though how how because there were some questions that i had right going in like throughout the film like okay how does this world operate mm-hmm. what why is this the way it is and then i thought how bad this movie would be if they actually took right. the time yeah. to explain it. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. That's what happens with these movies. Yeah, I think uh, part of the uh, the way, the reason why it's uh, good world building on his part, I think not explaining things to a, an insane degree kind of helps you just kind of experience it and then feel like, oh, well, okay, this is just how it is. Right. right. And that's kind of how we live everyday life. We just know how things are. Right. Like, no, yeah, nobody has sure. to explain it to right. us. And, and yeah. there's a lot in this movie that is unexplained. And again, no and no one would explain. Like, like, sometimes in life, things happen, mm-hmm. like, and you're experiencing them. And it's not like somebody's going to be like, oh, the reason these things are happening <laughs> is because of this and this and yeah. this. Like, right. like if, even if it's something you've never experienced before, you're, like, figuring it out. So I feel like it kind of is down that route. But I also think, like, Movies from my past, they, they they also didn't explain everything. Right. Like, a um, lot of things they didn't explain. They just, it's just happening. And, like, it requires, like, when you when you think, when I think back to, like, a movie like Star Wars, and, like, I don't want to keep bringing it up, but there's no comparison, but my, except for the fact that, like, it's a new whole world-built thing. Right. And, like, it took a few times watching it before I'm, like, understanding everything mm-hmm. that I'm yeah. seeing when I was younger. You know, like, I'm like, okay, there's all these Jedi, there's an Empire, there's Rebels. When I was a kid, I barely understood about the idea of, like, Rebels and Empire and all this stuff. And I don't know that the average adult did the very first time they watched it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were like, oh, this all makes sense, I understand it, and I don't need to watch it again. Like, mm-hmm. it probably took a few viewings right, right. to get the entire world built. You know, like, you get the regular story, you understand, there's Luke, there's Han, there's whatever. But it takes a while to get everything. And I feel like that's the case with this, where watching it again, you'll be like, oh, okay, I see, okay, okay. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I think it would really benefit, but that's not to say that it's a bad movie just because you have to go see it again. Well, no, no. I mean, that doesn't make it bad. I I look forward to seeing this again. Absolutely. um, Because I I I know my wife wants to go see it, but can't because midnight showing <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i i, I definitely want to see it again mm-hmm. um and i want to give it a little time to digest mm-hmm. uh because there was so much information just hurled at you right out of the gate mm-hmm. yeah. um but not but it didn't feel a no. lot of times when, when um like that's that's for me a uh, sign of a film that I'm gonna like just really dislike is if the the economy of storytelling is done in a way that it's just you know exposition exposition story yeah. story it's like whoa whoa slow down let me let me I, I, I want to take yeah. in this world and right out of the gate uh, Blomkamp does it th- with no dialogue just a series of shots of like this is Earth 
pretty screwed up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is Elysium. Pretty nice, huh? Yeah. Now, now you know what's the you know what's at stake. <laughs> Absolutely. And then it's like it just follows Matt Damon for one day in his life, and then in that one day, you understand everything. Everything. Yeah. Like I, I, it was really well done in that regard. In that way, and I just feel like you know, like going into it, going in to see the movie, I just feel like people are going to give it a hard time because it's so much to take in mm-hmm. the first time you see it. But I, I don't know that that's a, you know, a negative. But I can see how somebody could say it's a negative because like, when you go to see a summer blockbuster for the average not enter the critic like listener, <laughs> like not a film buff, not a person that's like, I love movies, I love film. Like, they're going to be like, they're only going to go see it once because they're just going to be like, I'm just going out, I'm going out to be, forget about my life for a little bit. Right, right. They're going to probably hate it. <laughs> well, this like, is not escapist no. uh, yeah. entertainment <laughs> at all. And and if Neil Blomkamp would try that, I, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, e- even though it is not as heavy handed as... Right. Uh, District Nine. It's the, still heavy. It's still heavy. It's <laughs> okay, compared to like the Avengers, right? Like we're we're comparing it to District Nine because we all saw District Nine, but yeah. District Nine, like not many people saw. Not that many movie. people saw it. Like, that if, wasn't a blockbuster. And if you <laughs> haven't seen District Nine, yeah, you should. You should totally see District mm-hmm. Nine. Yeah, super worth it and super good. But yeah, it's a, it's very heavy, and so this is lighter compared to District Nine. But, but that's compare like compare this to most su- <laughs> like the fact this is a summer blockbuster is confusing because most mm-hmm. summer blockbusters are dumb. That doesn't right. mean they're not good, no. but it requires almost no thought on your part, yeah. the viewer. Yep. Whereas this movie requires some thought and will get you thinking when you leave, like, oh, yeah, there's some social commentary here. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It, it's amazing because you have, like, other, like, some of the other blockbusters that were out this summer, like Superman, where, like, I mean, I I like Superman, so I'm not immediately <laughs> hating it like you guys. But that being said, it wasn't that great of a movie, and they had a, a, a world that most they didn't really need to build. Yeah, like everybody knows the Superman story, right. so you don't really need to go into that much detail. And yet they still failed. And then you have mm-hmm. a thing like this where it's like a completely original story. Yes, about a completely original like universe in terms of like what everything looks like and and then com- you know everything that goes along with that and yet you weren't like what's happening what's going on mm-hmm. like right. you understood what was happening and yeah. it's so it's so rare nowadays to find something that is a based on an original concept and be good yeah <laughs> um now my only fear is that this movie isn't going to do well um, See, because I think having Matt Damon attached is going to help. I'm oh yeah, sure. yeah. Yep. You're 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 gonna get the you know. You'll get people in the seats just from that alone. But like, because I think after some so, some of the action movies he's been doing, you'll get mm. at least those people. You know, the born identity yeah, yeah. people, yeah. and you'll get you know like they want to see him in an action role. Um, but it's not <laughs> like. Don't go see it if you like are like Matt Damon's so cute because <laughs> there is there's some violence in here. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this is rated R. <laughs> oh, that, there are there are some scenes where right yeah. right away I thought, oh yeah, this is not. I forgot yeah, it wasn't. I, I'm so used to <laughs> all movies. It seems today are just PG-13, yep. and that rating especially means a summer blockbuster. Nothing, right? 
yeah. especially a summer blockbuster. Especially you're a summer like, blockbuster. You're like, you want as many people to go see it as possible, yep. so you're like, PG-13, done. And but this like, is... When something came out, I was like, oh, yeah, right, this is R. This is R, <laughs> and there are a couple shots where I'm like, this is a hard R. Yeah. It is rough. There yeah, is... there's some shockers in there. <laughs> especially because there's there's no... Like, normally, I mean, R, you're going to get it either for language, violence, or sexual content. There's no sexual content. Very um, little. Very little. Cursing. Very I mean, little. Some no, no. There's. I don't think there's that much sexual content, but there's no like curse. I mean, there's, there's no. Really la- not, there's almost no language. I mean, there's a little bit, but not. Not, not mu- no, not over it's the not top. Like, it's, it's not like Goodwill Hunting or you know or Scarface. Yeah. Scarface, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, however, the violence factor. <laughs> Even though there's damn. not like a whole lot right. of it. When but it when happens. there is, it is so in your, like, yeah. well, okay, gentlemen, it, I mean, it is really in your face. Yes. Uh, yeah. For yeah. Vo- viewers of the movie, you'll yeah. get that joke. I leaned over to Jordan and I said, boy, you could say that was a bit of a facelift. Wow. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Wow. And with those He thought moments, it was funny. The, of course, it's Jordan. The IMAX sound experience <laughs> oh definitely yes. made an impact. Oh, hell yeah. Because it's just like just a big thump mm-hmm. that like, hits you. Here's the thing I noticed. The last two IMAX movies I saw, Pacific Rim and and Pacific Rim, and then, <laughs> and then, and then Superman. But the, the last two movies I saw, I think that IMAX 3D, the sound is a little bit lower. A little it bit. seems that way because that was one of our... Me and Matt were talking about uh, Pacific Rim after the episode, and we said, oh, one of the things we wanted to gripe about <laughs> was the sound was really quiet for As IMAX. For IMAX, right. I mean, it was plenty good, but, like, I'm used to, like, like kind of chest I'm used to. I'm used to yeah. this, where my seat is vibrating, and I'm thinking, is there a bass right. like, <laughs> under my seat? Yeah. What the hell? But, like, the, 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 the standard that I used this time that I paid attention to, well, only because the one trailer... Got trailer loud. got super oh, yeah. loud. A couple of the trailers got louder, and oh, I go, wow. and I was thinking, oh, okay, like it, maybe it's a lot louder. And when they show that like IMAX mm-hmm. seeing is believing promo yeah. that they always yeah. show before IMAX, I remembered watching it in 3D and thinking, that's this isn't very like as loud. Pretty, I, and, yeah, it's pretty and quiet. Th- and this one was like, you know, it's super loud. It's it's like what it's like. Old jokes with those THX. Yeah, back yeah. in the day, when it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it would send you plastered in the bed. And you're like, oh god, and, you, and it would just, where it just kept going up and up. And I remember seeing like sketch comedy where they somebody's head blows up. Yeah, <laughs> but it's always like, it started so I was like, just kept going. You're like, what? I think there's a Simpsons reference where they're like flashing their seat, their eyeballs, like (laughs) the audience is listening. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, like that's what I was used to, and like when you see it, it I don't know. Maybe it's has something to do with how the 3D IMAX movies are encoded. Who knows? Man, that is some sound in that movie. Yeah, yeah, and it it really really pays off. Like I said, Yeah. yeah. Even even though the shaky cam is really jarring, see this in IMAX. It's yeah. so worth it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I think we're ready to put a rating on this thing. So, uh, yeah, Eric, what, what what would you give this? Hmm. I will give it seven out of eight. Ooh. Wow. Uh, 
grenade pins <laughs> nice. that have been pulled out of there the was grenades. a couple grenade there pin a couple moments, of them couple which is good them. i always like a grenade pin moment most most of my favorite scenes in movies involve, involve a grenade a grenade. <laughs> grenade pin moment where it's like oh the pin is uh, in my hand or you know you, you know this is that the professional mm-hmm. where he's like lo- like rolls over and he's like i have something for you <laughs> he <almost laughs> And it's just grenade pants. <laughs> like, nope! you know, like, same, so same, uh, same with uh, the heat. Right, uh, exactly. Yeah. Just any any moment where well. somebody gives someone a pin, or like they, you just realize you what's instantly happening. know, like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> well, I'm going to give it um, a, a very similar nine out of ten. Uh, bureaucratic robots because there <laughs> were so many they, oh, just yeah. just when you thought that bureaucracy couldn't get any more frustrating <laughs> instead of talking to a human being who acts like a robot now you're acting like a robot who's acting like a robot yeah oh my there god there were a couple scenes where you're just oh this is so like i felt frustrated oh, for matt damon because i'm like mm-hmm. i've been in the similar situations when i'm talking to a person right and you're just talking to a robot who's telling you all of this stuff and does not <laughs> Like is in cap- stop talking. Yeah, please stop, <laughs> stop talking. talking. Please stop talking. Heart rate elevated. <laughs> would you like a? P- yeah, would you like a pill? <laughs> it's like ah. Oh, that robot God. reminded me of the cabbie from uh, the original Total Recall. Yes, ah. yes, Johnny Cab, Johnny Cab, <laughs> voiced by Richard Picardo of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, tying it all back. Uh. <laughs> so. All right. Well, uh, that about wraps it up for us here. But yeah, check out check out Elysium. And uh, so one final seeing. thought that I mm, had, yeah, um, please, was this is a good example of the trailer giving me information mm. that like made Agreed. me want to see the movie. Agreed. But then when I actually watched the movie, I'm like, I had absolutely no right. idea that I, this I, is what I it was about. I super agree with that. No. I was so unpleased. And uh, some of the major scenes from the trailers happen in the first 15 minutes, which is always good. Oh, yeah. Always good. Because then you're like, okay, good. We're done. Yeah. I don't know what else is going to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the few scenes that are left, like, you, you, when you watch the trailer, you honestly, I didn't know how they were playing there, out. There, right. There yeah. is one specific scene. I, um, we're not going to get into spoilers right. here, but there is one specific scene um, where it, it ha- the, the event happens, and I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. We still have like 30 minutes. <laughs> and that happened? What? Like, now exactly. I'm really lost yeah. as to where we're going. Absolutely. And I, I could not be happier. Yeah, so. no, that was great. All right. Well, uh, before we go, did you want anything you wanted to plug? Eric um, being the, the first and, hmm. you know, of, of who knows how many special guests we'll, we'll have. Well, no. Forget <laughs> Adam Lover, our resident Star That's Trek. Right, I wasn't there for that episode. Oh, yeah. he, he's he knew but everything see, about Star he Trek. He was a guest host. It's true. That's true. This is yes, different. Yes. Well, no, you are too. You're Am replacing I? Matt. Yeah, That's I guess. It. I guess I'm technically a host. It's not. I'm like hosting you on my <laughs> podcast network. <laughs> a literal host. Like it's not like uh, Matt's also here and you're a guest. You're right. you're you're a co-host. Yeah, I guess that's true. If anything, I'm a guest. Yeah. <laughs> Every week. Every week. Um, yeah, I don't have really anything to plug. Although, there is a new episode of Eric and Sarah's Magical Funcast recorded. Also. Oh, so, you can look forward to that sometime soon. Now, that's with uh, a special guest, uh, Seth, right? Actually, we were not able to get Seth 
for this his, one. His, he, was, he was like, no. His, was incredible, his incredibly busy schedule. Uh, he's like he's like a he's like an actor. He's like, sorry. So I, I double booked. My apologies. <laughs> we'll 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 make this work later. We'll you know we'll, we'll, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm gonna be on Montel Williams. <laughs> I'm gonna be on Maury Povich. It turns out I am the father. <laughs> uh, so who's the? Um, it is Sarah's uh, big brother BJ from uh, I believe Missouri, who was up for uh, a wedding, and you just so happened to work out that we could record the podcast. Sweet. So he tells some really fun stories of. Crazy people in the South. Oh, always a good time. So, yeah, check that out on uh, uh, Eric and Sarah's Magic Funcast on iTunes. Uh, so, Parker, anything you want to plug? <laughs> I I want to unplug this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Well, uh, until next time, uh, I'm Chris Plum. and I'm Eric Turidio.